Section 28 of the Exemplary Novels of Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Herndon Bell. The Exemplary Novels by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by Walter K. Kelly. The Illustrious Scullery Maid. Part Four. Whilst all this affair was going on, Tomas was almost beside himself with agitation and alarm, and lost in a thousand conjectures, each one of which he dismissed as improbable the moment it was formed. But when he saw the corregidor go away, leaving Costanza behind him, his spirits revived, and he began to recover his self-possession. He did not venture to question the landlord, nor did the latter say a word about what had passed between him and the corregidor to anybody but his wife, who was greatly relieved thereby, and thanked God for her delivery out of a terrible fright. About one o'clock on the following day there came to the inn two elderly cavaliers of venerable presence, attended by four servants on horseback and two on foot. Having inquired if that was the Posada del Sevillano, and being answered in the affirmative, they entered the gateway, and the four mounted servants, dismounting, first helped their masters out of their saddles. Costanza came out to meet the newcomers, with her wanted propriety of demeanour, and no sooner had one of the cavaliers set eyes on her than turning to his companion he said, I believe, Signor Don Juan, we have already found the very thing we are come in quest of. Tomas, who had come as usual to take charge of the horses and mules, instantly recognized two of his father's servants. A moment after he saw his father himself, and found that his companion was no other than the father of Carriazzo. He instantly conjectured that they were both on their way to the tunny fisheries to look for himself and his friend, someone having no doubt told them that it was there and not in Flanders they would find their sons. Not daring to appear before his father in the garb he wore, he made a bold venture, passed by the party with his hand before his face, and went to look for Costanza, whom by great good luck he found alone. Then hurriedly, and with a tremulous voice, dreading lest she would not give him time to say a word to her, Costanza, he said, one of those two elderly cavaliers is my father, that one whom you will hear called Don Juan de Avendaño. Inquire of his servants if he has a son, Don Tomas de Avendaño by name, and that is myself. Thence you may go on to make such other inquiries as will satisfy you that I have told you the truth respecting my quality, and that I will keep my word with regard to every offer I have made you. And now farewell, for I will not return to this house until they have left it. Costanza made him no reply, nor did he wait for any. But hurrying out, with his face concealed as he had come in, he went to acquaint Carriazzo that their fathers had arrived at the Sevillano. The landlord called for Tomas to give out oats, but no Tomas appearing, he had to do it himself. Meanwhile, one of the two cavaliers called one of the Gallegan winches aside, and asked her what was the name of the beautiful girl he had seen, and was she a relation of the landlord or the landlady? The girl's name is Costanza, replied the Gallegan. She is no relation either to the landlord or the landlady, nor do I know what she is. All I can say is, 
I wish the Moraine had her, for I don't know what there is about her that she does not leave one of us girls in the house a single chance. For all, we have our own features, too, such as God made them. Nobody enters these doors, but the first thing he does is to ask, Who is that beautiful girl? And the next is to say all sorts of flattering things of her, while nobody condescends to say a word to the rest of us. Not so much as, What are you doing here, devils, or women, or whatever you are? From your account, then, said the gentleman, I suppose she has a fine time of it with the strangers who put up at this house. You think so? Well, just you hold her foot for the shoeing and see how you'll like the job. By the Lord, Signor, if she would only give her admirers leave to look at her, she might roll in gold. But she's more touch-me-not than a hedgehog. She's a devourer of Ave Maria's and spends the whole day at her needle and her prayers. I wish I was as sure of a good legacy as she is of working miracles some day. Bless you. She's a downright saint. My mistress says she wears hair-cloth next her skin. Highly delighted with what he had heard from the Gallegan, the gentleman did not wait till they had taken off his spurs, but called for the landlord, and withdrew with him into a private room. Signor host, said he, I am come to redeem a pledge of mine that has been in your hands for some years, and I bring you for it a thousand gold crowns, these links of a chain, and this parchment. The host instantly recognized the links and the parchment, and highly delighted with the promise of the thousand crowns, replied, Signor, the pledge you wish to redeem is in this house, but not the chain or the parchment, which is to prove the truth of your claim. I pray you, therefore, to have patience, and I will return immediately. So saying, he ran off to inform the Corregidor of what was happening. The Corregidor, who had just done dinner, mounted his horse without delay, and rode to the Posada del Sevillano, taking with him the tally parchment. No sooner had he entered the room where the two cavaliers sat, than hastening with open arms to embrace one of them. Bless my soul! My good cousin, Don Juan de Avendaño, this is indeed a welcome surprise. I am delighted to see you, my good cousin, said Don Juan, and to find you as well as I always wish you. Embrace this gentleman, cousin. This is Don Diego de Carriazo, a great signor and my friend. I am already acquainted with the signor Don Diego, replied the corregidor, and am his most obedient servant. After a further interchange of civilities, they passed into another room, where they remained alone with the innkeeper, who said, as he produced the chain, The Signor Correador knows what you are come for, Don Diego de Carriazo. Be pleased to produce the links that are wanting to this chain. His worship will show the parchment which he holds, and let us come to the proof for which I have been so long waiting. It appears, then, said Don Diego, that it will not be necessary to explain to the Signor Correjador the reason of our coming, since you have done so already, Signor Landlord. He told me something, said the Correjador, but he has left much untold, which I long to know. Here is the parchment. Don Diego produced that which he had brought. The two were put together, and found to fit accurately into each other. And between every two letters of the innkeeper's portion, which, as we have said, were T-I-I-T-E-R-E-O-E. -I -I -E -E. 
there now appeared one of the following series h s s h t u t k n the whole making together the words this is the true token the six links of the chain brought by don diego were then compared with the larger fragment and found to correspond exactly so far all is clear said the corregidor it now remains for us to discover if it be possible who are the parents of this very beautiful lady her father said don diego you see in me her mother is not living and you must be content with knowing that she was a lady of such rank that i might have been her servant but though i conceal her name i would not have you suppose that she was in any wise culpable however manifest and avowed her fault may appear to have been the story i will now briefly relate to you will completely exonerate her memory you must know then that costanza's mother being left a widow by a man of high rank retired to an estate of hers where she lived a calm sequestered life among her servants and vassals it chanced one day when i was hunting that i found myself very near her house and determined to pay her a visit it was siesta time when i arrived at her palace for i can call it nothing else giving my horse to one of my servants i entered and saw no one till i was in the very room in which she lay asleep on a black ottoman she was extremely handsome the silence the loneliness of the place and the opportunity awakened my guilty desires and without pausing to reflect i locked the door woke her and holding her firmly in my grasp said no cries signora they would only serve to proclaim your dishonour no one has seen me enter this room for by good fortune all your servants are fast asleep and should your cries bring them hither they can do no more than kill me in your very arms and if they do your reputation will not be the less blighted for all that in fine i effected my purpose against her will and by main force and left her so stupefied by the calamity that had befallen her that she either could not or would not utter one word to me quitting the place as i had entered it i rode to the house of one of my friends who resided within two leagues of my victim's abode the lady subsequently removed to another residence and two years passed without my seeing her or making any attempt to do so at the end of that time i heard that she was dead about three weeks since i received a letter from a man who had been the deceased lady's steward earnestly entreating me to come to him as he had something to communicate to me which deeply concerned my happiness and honour i went to him very far from dreaming of any such thing as i was about to hear from him and found him at the point of death he told me in brief terms that his lady on her deathbed had made known to him what had happened between her and me how she had become pregnant had made a pilgrimage to our lady of guadalupe to conceal her misfortune and had been delivered in this inn of a daughter named costanza the man gave me the tokens upon which she was to be delivered to me namely the piece of chain and the parchment and with them thirty thousand gold crowns which the lady had left as a marriage portion for her daughter at the same time he told me that it was the temptation to appropriate that money which had so long prevented him from obeying the dying behest of his mistress but now that he was about to be called to the great account he was eager to relieve his conscience by giving me up the money and putting me in the way to find my daughter 
returning home with the money and the tokens i related the whole story to don juan de avendano and he has been kind enough to accompany me to this city don diego had but just finished his narrative when some one was heard shouting at the street door tell tomas pedro the hostler that they are taking his friend the Asturiano, to prison on hearing this the corregidor immediately sent orders to the alguazil to bring in his prisoner which was forthwith done in came the asturian with his mouth all bloody he had evidently been very roughly handled and was held with no tender grasp by the alguazil the moment he entered the room he was thunderstruck at beholding his own father and avendanos and to escape recognition he covered his face with a handkerchief under pretense of wiping away the blood the corregidor inquired what that young man had done who appeared to have been so roughly handed the alguazil replied that he was a water-carrier known by the name of the asturian and the boys in the street used to shout after him give up the tail asturiano give up the tail the alguazil then related the story out of which that cry had grown whereat all present laughed not a little the alguazil further stated that as the asturian was going out at the puerta de alcantara the boys who followed him having redoubled their cries about the tail he dismounted from his ass laid about them all and left one of them half dead with the beating he had given him thereupon the officer proceeded to arrest him he resisted and that was how he came to be in the state in which he then appeared the corregidor ordered the prisoner to uncover his face but as he delayed to do so the alguazil snatched away the handkerchief my son don diego cried the astonished father what is the meaning of all this how came you in that dress what you have not yet left off your scampish tricks Carriazzo fell on his knees before his father, who with tears in his eyes held him long in his embrace. Don Juan de Avendaño, knowing that his son had accompanied Carriazzo, asked the latter where he was, and received for answer the news that Don Tomas de Avendaño was the person who gave out the oats and straw in that inn. This new revelation, made by the Asturiano, put the climax to the surprises of the day. The corregidor desired the innkeeper to bring in his hostler. I believe he is not in the house, but I will go look for him, said he, and he left the room for that purpose. Don Diego asked Carriazzo what was the meaning of these metamorphoses, and what had induced him to turn water-carrier, and Don Tomas hostler. Carriazzo replied that he could not answer these questions in public, but he would do so in private meanwhile tomas pedro lay hid in his room in order to see thence without being himself seen what his father and carriazos were doing but he was in great perplexity about the arrival of the corregidor and the general commotion in the inn at last some one having told the landlord where he was hidden he went and tried half by fair means and half by force to bring him down but he would not have succeeded had not the corregidor himself gone out into the yard and called him by his own name saying come down senor kinsman you will find neither bears nor lions in your way tomas then left his hiding-place and went and knelt with downcast eyes and great submission at the feet of his father 
who embraced him with a joy surpassing that of the prodigal's father when the son who had been lost was found again the corregidor sent for costanza and taking her by the hand presented her to her father saying receive senor don diego this treasure and esteem it the richest you could desire and you beautiful maiden kiss your father's hand and give thanks to heaven which has so happily exalted your low estate costanza who till that moment had not even guessed at what was occurring could only fall at her father's feet all trembling with emotion clasp his hands in hers and cover them with kisses and tears meanwhile the corregidor had been urgent with his cousin don juan that the whole party should come with him to his house and though don juan would have declined the invitation the corregidor was so pressing that he carried his point and the whole party got into his coach which he had previously sent for but when the corregidor bade costanza take her place in it her heart sank within her she threw herself into the landlady's arms and wept so piteously that the hearts of all the beholders were moved what is this daughter of my soul said the hostess going to leave me can you part from her who has reared you with the love of a mother costanza was no less averse to the separation but the tender-hearted corregidor declared that the hostess also should enter the coach and that she should not be parted from her whom she regarded as a daughter as long as she remained in toledo so the whole party including the hostess set out together for the corregidor's house where they were well received by his noble lady after they had enjoyed a sumptuous repast cariazo related to his father how for love of costanza don tomas had taken service as hostler in the inn and how his devotion to her was such that before he knew her to be a lady and the daughter of a man of such quality he would gladly have married her even as a scullery maid the wife of the corregidor immediately made costanza put on clothes belonging to a daughter of hers of the same age and figure and if she had been beautiful in the dress of a working girl she seemed heavenly in that of a lady and she wore it with such ease and grace that one would have supposed she had never been used to any other kind of costume from her birth but among so many who rejoiced there was one person who was full of sadness and that was don pedro the corregidor's son who at once concluded that costanza was not to be his nor was he mistaken for it was arranged between the corregidor don diego de carriazo and don juan de avendano that don tomas would marry costanza her father bestowing upon her the thirty thousand crowns left by her mother and the water-carrier don diego de carriazo should marry the daughter of the corregidor and that don pedro the corregidor's son should receive the hand of don juan de avendano's daughter his father undertaking to obtain a dispensation with regard to their relationship in this manner all were finally made happy the news of the three marriages and the singular fortune of the illustrious scullery maid spread through the city and multitudes flocked to see costanza in her new garb as a lady which became her so well these persons saw the hostler tomas pedro changed into don tomas de avendano and dressed as a man of quality they observed too that lope asturiano looked very much the gentleman since he had changed his costume and dismissed the ass and the water-vessels 
nevertheless there were not wanting some who as he passed through the streets in all his pomp still called out to him for the tale after remaining a month in toledo most of the party went to burgos namely don diego de carriazo his wife and his father costanza and her husband don tomas and the corregidor's son who desired to visit his kinswoman and destined bride the host was enriched by the present of the thousand crowns and by the many jewels which costanza bestowed upon her signora as she persisted in calling her who had brought her up the story of the illustrious scullery maid afforded the poets of the golden tagus a theme on which to exercise their pens in celebrating the incomparable beauty of costanza who still lives happily with her faithful hostler Cariazzo has three sons who without inheriting their father's tastes are caring to know whether or not there are any such things as tunny fisheries in the world are all pursuing their studies at salamanca well their father never sees a water-carrier's ass but he thinks of the one he drove in toledo and is not without apprehension that when he least expects it his ears shall be saluted with some squib having for its burden give us the tale asturiano asturiano give us the tale End of the illustrious scullery maid part four